Are you ready to invest in yourself today? Welcome to the Wealth Builders Podcast, where investment leader Billy Epperhart teaches you how to build wealth through applied biblical wisdom. Scripture says in Deuteronomy 8.18, Remember the Lord, your God, for it is He who gives you the ability to produce wealth. At Wealth Builders, our goal is to teach you how to build wealth through applied biblical wisdom in your finances, your business, and your investments. Now, let's join Billy Epperhart. And there's something that the Lord spoke to me because as I have traveled literally now over the last 10 years, I have traveled the world, uh, and really the last 12 years I've traveled the world sharing many of the truths and one of, the, of, of not just prosperity, you know, some of you, if you've ever heard me teach, you've heard me say this, that quite a few years ago, probably 15 to 18 years ago, one of the famous prosperity teachers in America today, if I said their name, everybody in the room tonight would know who I'm talking about. Their wife said to me and my wife at dinner one night, in fact, it was here in Denver, and we were at the Inverness Hotel right here close to where we are today, just across I-25, and she said this to me. She said, you know, Billy, she said, it's time that we stop telling people in the body of Christ that they can prosper or that they should prosper. She said, it's time that we start telling them how to prosper. In other words, there, is, there are some mindsets in the church and there's mindsets in the body of Christ that I want to deal with. Tonight, I want to share this with you because my background, I've, I've had the privilege historically going back into the late 1990s where I've had the privilege to teach in what you would call motivational settings, large groups, one of the largest groups I ever spoke to that was live where I sold back in those days cassette tapes. We literally would ship the albums of cassette tapes. We would ship them out on a pallet, big pallet, a forklift would come get them. And in one event that had 10,000 people present, and this was quite a few years ago in the late 90s, I sold $60,000 of product at one event in about 30 minutes. Because when there's 10,000 people there, and uh, it was an incredible event. And I, I would meet people, and some of the people in the audience were Christians, and some of them were not. They were not born again. And I remember when the Holy Spirit called my wife and I to do what we're doing right now, the Lord was very specific with me. He said, you're going to go to the body of Christ, you're going to go to the church, and you're going to share this information with the body of Christ and with the church, and then people who come in and get born again or get attracted, that's one thing. But the, the purpose is to see the kingdom of God expanded in the earth. We have to be equipped with certain skills and certain mindsets. And so what I want to do tonight is I want to take just a few minutes and poke some holes in some thinking that I'm passionate about. I think there's some wrong thinking that we have in the body of Christ about how money comes to our life or how wealth actually comes to our life. And I'm passionate, if you know me, Personally, you know this is true. I'm passionate about teaching people how to do things. In other words, how do you prosper? How do you get where you need to go? So the Lord gave me a, a verse 
And I shared this yesterday with some of the coaching clients, just the first part of this, not what I'm going to share tonight, just the very first part. But I want to read from Joshua chapter 5 tonight, and I'm going to start uh, for this time that we have together, and I'm going to start in verse 6 of Joshua chapter 5, and I'm going to read in the New King James Bible, it says in verse 6, for the children of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness till all the people who were men of war who came out of Egypt were consumed because they did not obey the voice of the Lord to whom the Lord swore that he would not show them the land which the Lord had sworn to their fathers that he would give us a land flowing with milk and honey. Then Joshua circumcised their sons whom he had raised up in their place for they were uncircumcised because they had not been circumcised on the way. Now watch this. Verse 8 says, So it was when they had finished circumcising all the people, they stayed in their places in the camp till they were healed. Then the Lord said to Joshua, This day I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. The name of the place is called Gilgal to this day. Now, we know the story, right? So we know that the, that the children of Israel were actually in Egypt in bondage for 430 years. And then we know Moses led them, right? And Moses led them into the wilderness out of Egypt. But it was Joshua, right? The, the mentoree of Moses that God had raised up to take into the land. So Moses led them out of slavery, out of bondage, but it was Joshua that was going to lead them into the promised land. Now I want you to watch this. But God did something here. He said the first thing is, is that those that came out of Egypt who were men of war, because it was those men of war, their mindset that would influence the whole nation, the first thing God said was this. Now this is important you know. He said, I'm going to let all of that group die off. They're going to die off in the wilderness. What God was doing was he was bringing a transformation in the thinking of the nation of Israel because they had had a slavery bondage mentality that they had developed over 430 years. Though the first step God took, he said, I'm going to have all the men of war die off. Watch this now. I'm going to let them all die. And, and when he said that, then he said this. He said, now I'm going to you're going to take your sons and be circumcised and he circumcised them in the place that they called Gilgal. So the first thing was the men of war died off. The second thing that happened, there was a circumcision, which means cutting around, right? Means to, to scribe around, circumcise them. And here's what he said, because this day I have rolled the reproach of Egypt from you. What I see in the body of Christ today when I have the privilege and opportunity to literally travel the world and travel America, one of the things I see, even when we get up and, and teach certain things, certain principles, certain concepts, is that sometimes when you're talking about some of this stuff, it just kind of goes off the back wall and hits and bounces back like a rubber ball. And it's like everybody says hallelujah, but many, in many cases, nobody really hears what you say. 
Now, I'm not saying that about you tonight, of course, but what I am saying is the first thing God did before he could take them into their own land was to get their mindset changed. He had to change how they were thinking. Now, I'm going to give you some examples of that that you may have never thought of before. So in verse 9, he says he came and he brought them to Gilgal. In this context, he was taking away from them figuratively, spiritually, metamorphically. He was taken from them. Verse 10 says, Now the children of Israel camped in Gilgal and kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month and at twilight on the plains of Jericho, and they ate of the produce of the land on the day after the Passover, unleavened bread and parched grain on the very same day. Verse 12, today is my favorite scripture in the Bible right now in this season of my life. Then the manna ceased on the day after they had eaten the produce of the land and the children of Israel no longer had manna, but they ate of the food of the land of Canaan that year. On that day, the manna ceased. Here's what I'm convinced, is that most people in the body of Christ have no idea about how the money comes. Most people in the body of Christ are wandering around looking for manna to fall from heaven. We quote Luke 6.38, Give and it shall be given unto you. Have you ever thought, and of course Jesus expounded, he said, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and run it over. And then we quote Philippians 4.19, for my God shall supply all my need according to his riches and glory. So then somebody comes up to me uh, wherever I'm speaking or sometimes at Karis, and they'll say, praise the Lord, Billy. Somebody brought four bags of groceries uh, to my house today, you know, I gave I gave uh, I gave twenty five dollars in offering, and it was the last twenty five dollars I had. And a miracle showed up to my house. I call that manna. So I thank God for the financial miracles, and I thank God for the manna. Or somebody else will say, "Well, Billy, you wouldn't believe this. I gave a hundred dollars, and somebody came up and gave me a thousand dollars." Wow, what a financial miracle. Well, ladies and gentlemen, the church, we, and I say praise the Lord, hallelujah, glory to God. But the greatest financial miracle they ever get in their life is the four bags of groceries that came or the $1,000 check that came. I want to be the one taking the four bags of groceries. I want to be the one, come on now, I want to be the one that's given the $1,000 check. So I remember Becky and I, when uh, we were having our first child, Brooke, our daughter, who's in Hawaii. Now, I remember when we were having her, we went and took these classes called Lamaze classes. How many of you remember these classes? Do they still do them today? I don't know. But I remember, you know, they, were, they would teach you how to breathe. And so they'd teach the husband. And they'd teach the husband, the husband, and you'd go in like if your wife's having the baby, and you'd go in and you'd say, now, honey, breathe. And, you know, when the contractions came and you'd teach them how to breathe. So I'm ready. I'm all ready. I went through the whole class, you know, the things happened. And I was ready. We went to the hospital. Becky gets on the deal. And, and we go into the delivery room. And I'm there. And I am, I am well prepared 
to do the Lamaze method. And so she starts talking about contractions. Now, I just want to say, you know, um, watching a baby be delivered is not the most pleasant thing in your life, even if it's your own child. <laughs> so here I am, and I remember the nurse came in, and the nurse said, and I'm telling her to breathe. <laughs> I'm breathing, right? You know how you're supposed to do it. <laughs> I'm breathing. And, uh, and so I remember the nurse coming in, and she said, oh, she's... She said something about her being dilated or something like that. And so then she said, and then the doctor came in, oh, the baby's coming. And so I looked to see the baby coming, right? I'm the husband. I looked to see the baby coming, and I passed out. <laughs> true story. It's a true story. This is true. They brought smelling, this, you know, like you'd have on an athletic field. They brought smelling salt to get me kind of, because I just fainted. I mean, I passed out, hit that little linoleum hard concrete floor, you know, just like a sack of potatoes. Bam, I went down. And they woke me up. Brant got ready to come. I hear, I haven't introduced you guys. Y'all stand up. You and Abby stand up. This is my son and daughter-in-law. I'm sorry. This is Brant and Abby. And so, and so she got pregnant with, with, uh, with Brent right after that. And I said, I'm telling you right now, there's two things we're not going to do. We're not going to do the Lamaze method, and I am not going in the delivery room. <laughs> now, wait, I'm on point. You don't think I am. Thought I forgot, didn't you, Charlie? But the truth is, the truth is, I remember a lady came up in the Lamaze class who had never met us. She had never met us. And she came up, Becky and I are in this mods class. There's probably, I don't know, 35 people, maybe, maybe 20 couples. That'd be 40. They were in that class. We all sit around. And she came up, and I remember just, it just choked me up when it happened. And she reached in her purse, and she pulled out a crisp $100 bill. This was in 1977. 77 pulled out a crisp $100 bill and gave it to me. And that was like somebody in those days giving me a million dollars. I mean, I was a Bible college student and a student. I mean, I, you know, I think I went and bought a bag of crackers and some, and some tomato soup on that night with that $100 bill. But that was, a, that was a financial miracle. Somebody who didn't know me, had no idea who I was, didn't know anything about me, said, and I mean, I didn't know who they were, came up and gave me. Now, that's what I call manna happening in our lives. The problem is, is that most of us try to live mentally from financial miracle to financial miracle. And the Bible says here in Joshua chapter 5 that on that day, the manna ceased, watch this now, and the people ate of the fruit of the land. Now, this is the thing I want to challenge you with. In fact, here's what it really says. It says, and on that day, they ate of the fruit of the land of Canaan. Now, many people, when it comes to really understanding this, there has to be a change in mindset. Romans chapter 12 and verse 2 says, do not be conformed to this world, but watch this, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, I have Lance's uh, whiteboard up here. It's actually my whiteboard. 
And so I'm going to draw, pardon me, I'm going to draw you here. That's you, right? Let me put a little hair on there. Help you out. 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 10 and verse 4 says this. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, what's this, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, right? Then you go into verse 5 and it says, watch this now, it says casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Now, when, we, when I'm talking about a change of mindset, because remember, and I teach this all the time, money is attracted, not pursued. So what happens to many people in the body of Christ, their mindset does not attract money, it repels money because they're still living in a man of mindset, which I'm going to show you a little clearer here in just a second. There has to be a different mindset that comes on you. And can I say this to you? God brought manna to them. God brought financial uh, miracles to them because they still had a slavery mentality. Many people in the body of Christ today are living from financial miracle to financial miracle, so to speak. I remember the first time that I ever did a real real estate deal that I wasn't expecting to do. Now, there's some I do even today I expect to do. But I remember I bought this property and I, I negotiated, I bought it right. I remember I caught the market right. It was a nice property. It wasn't just like a three-bedroom, one-bath, or two-bath rental. It was a real nice uh, townhouse-type property in a luxury area. And I didn't buy it for us. I bought it for strictly for investment. But I remember purchasing that property, and I had my daughter live in it while she was going to college. And I remember I kept that property for about 18 months or so thereabouts, she finished and got out. She was doing a master's degree. And so uh, I got ready to sell the property. And I remember, this is, this is years ago. Now, I'd done a lot, of, quite a bit of real estate before this. Now, I remember this one particular thing I'll tell you about because I didn't care if I made any money on this deal because I'm paying, she was going to have to pay for housing anyway, right? So I'm, I could have paid or rented something. I said, no, I'm going to buy it. And so I wasn't buying it for like, it was investment, but I wouldn't buy it to make any money. And I remember thinking about this. The Lord was changing my mindset during that, during that time. And I remember I sold that property. It was about two years later. I sold that property for a clear $160,000 profit. That's it. I don't mean that's what I netted. I mean, I made a profit of $160,000. Plus she lived in it for almost two years free. I'm telling you that story because God in that season was changing me. I already had stuff, but he was changing my mindset. Now, when that, when that person gave me that $100 bill at that, at that Lamaze class, that was supernatural, and it blessed me. I mean, I felt it, but God was graduating me, and I want to tell you, when I held up that cashier's check back in those days, back in those days at the title company, and it's made out to one of my LLCs, and it's $160,000 that I wasn't even expecting to get free and clear. I want to tell you something. There's something about that that will touch you in your soul. Come on now. I'm going to teach you some stuff tonight if you'll let me. What happens is those strongholds that Paul's talking about in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, right, that he's talking about, and excuse me, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, 5, and 6, that, that, that he says in verse 4, he says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God 
to the pulling down of strongholds, one of the words for strongholds there is fortress or castle. A fortress or a castle. And these fortresses and castles financially are built in our head most of the time, one brick at a time, sometimes from the families we're raised in, sometimes from the teachers we had in school, sometimes from friends that we've been around. And these fortresses get get built in our thinking that literally repel finances out of our life. We're still walking around with an Egyptian mentality, a slave mentality of how money comes, and therefore the only way we see that God can really bring us money is we have to live off the manna. Manna just meant a honey cracker that was supernaturally fallen out of heaven, and it sustained them for 40 years. But if you're going to live off the manna, then you're nothing more than a wilderness wanderer. If you're going to go in and be a conqueror and go into the land, which I'll talk about in a second, which God has promised you, you've got to change your mindset. The Egypt, watch this, the reproach of Egypt has to get rolled away from you, and these fortresses, these these, uh, strongholds that are up here have to come off, and the very things, listen, the very things that are repelling money out of your life has to come. The thinking in your head has to change. We hope you learned something of lasting value today from this Wealth Builders podcast. If you'd like any tools, teachings, or resources mentioned in the podcast, you'll find them online at wealthbuilders.org. Wealth Builders exists to teach you how to build wealth through applied biblical wisdom in your finances, your business, and your investments. Wealth Builders is a nonprofit organization. We depend on your donations to keep this podcast running please consider donating to us on wealthbuilders.org.